Thank you for tuning in and welcome to another epic edition of the Jerry Jones Show. Hosted by Jerry Jones, along with his sidekick, Kevin Anderson. Each and every episode is guaranteed to increase your profits and decrease your stress in dentistry. Welcome to the show. Hey everybody, welcome. This is Jerry Jones, and uh, man, I got a really cool guest with me this month. Um, somebody that most of you, I'm sure, haven't heard of, but after this uh, after this month's audio, you're going to want to know more about this guy. Um, I recently heard him uh, interview with, uh, or have a uh, pod, He was on a podcast with a guy I know, um, another another guy I know, and I was like, I didn't know these two guys knew each other, and the chemistry on that on that podcast was so awesome. And the information was so damn good. I just thought, you know, I'm going to reach out to Matt and find out if I can get him on uh, on my Dentistry Confidential show. And uh, sure enough, Matt agreed. We've we've known each other for a while, and um, and so uh, Matt agreed. And uh, so I'm really excited to introduce you to my friend Matt Globley. Did I say your last name right, Matt? You did. You got it right, baby. You got the, you get the free Starbucks gift card next time I see you. Which, given the fact that you don't leave where you are and I don't leave that much where I am, that may never happen. So. Um. <laughs> It's the thought that counts. <laughs> I'll take it no matter what. Um, yeah, but it's the thought that counts. Um, yeah, so this is Matt Galugli. Jesus, Galugli. see now? Long see, I, I screwed the pooch. I, I jinxed you. You did. Um, I'm just going to say Matt G from here on out, and that way I won't I, blow it. Um, you know, when, you're, when you're born with a name like Jerry Jones, I mean, you take names for granted, and, you know, and, and I, 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 should, I shouldn't take your name for granted. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, here we are. Um, and, and so I was listening to this podcast. I'm like, my docs need to hear this because the podcast was all about selling high-end medical procedures. And Matt is a master at selling high-end medical procedures. Such a master, in fact, that he built a significant business in the physician space uh, based on his skill sets, his ability to sell um, what some people would say ice to Eskimos, um, you know, uh, selling um, uh, an ED pill to an 18-year-old. Maybe that would be the equivalent. I don't know in, in your industry there, Matt. Um, but anyway, I'm excited you're here. Um, I'm going to let you kind of just share with our listeners um, your background, why they should listen to this call, and um, and then we can just kind of dive in because I have a feeling this next 45 minutes or 50 minutes or so is just going to be like like a rocket ride. So uh, yeah, catch up we, your bridges, set the bell. Let's roll. Should we have a disclaimer just because, because once they find out what I do, they should probably just understand that. So I, I, for the last five years, I owned three um, men's sexual health facilities. Yes. Erectile dysfunction clinics. So I gave men erections for a living uh, for the last five years. Um, <laughs> so there's so your disclosure. Have, there's your disclosure. <laughs> I have, I have touched more erections than a hooker working an aircraft carrier in Manila Bay. Uh, no <laughs> to hookers, Manila Bay or aircraft carriers. Um, <laughs> I told you guys this was going to be good. <laughs> so we started our first clinic. We, we started working on this in 2013. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, we have corporate practice in medicine here in the state of North Carolina. So as a disclaimer, I am not a doctor. Uh, I have been uh, told that I have played one on TV, but I do a pretty lousy job of it. Um, so we, um, you know, we own the management company. We handled everything except for the medical decisions. All that was handled by our doctors so that we're very clear mm -hmm. on that. I don't need uh -huh. the federalities knocking on my door. Um, yeah. So, but we put up all the money, so we handled it. And I was general managing partner. Um, I had partners. So uh, we opened up our first erectile dysfunction clinic in January, 2014. 
Um, we opened our second in November of 14, and we opened our third in June of 15. And we would see at each clinic each day, it, it, we would see 10 to 12 new patients per clinic per day. Um, mm -hmm. And we used radio, TV, print to advertise. Uh, we averaged, um, depending on the clinic, anywhere between 11 to 15 points per quarter dropped to the bottom line in profit. We were profitable every single quarter. The partners got distributions every single quarter. So I say all that because I want everybody to understand I'm one of them, right? You know, Jerry, like, like mm -hmm. you, we know what it's yeah. like to deal with the employees, you know, deal with mm -hmm. payroll, deal with medical, you know, compliance boards, all of that crap, right? You know, so because we did it all, we, you know, so I, I got to handle all that fun stuff. Lucky me. So mm -hmm. um, it was a great ride. I just recently sold my controlling interest in the clinics in November of 17. Um, you know, the five years is really like the pre-work that we did about nine months prior up to. It. So um, our average revenue per, oh, and our clinics were doing about $200,000 per month. We took no insurance okay. whatsoever. Um, and I had, uh, and we'll talk more about this and you can dive into whatever you want, but I had, I, I had, uh, the, the, the core of our customers were guys that were, had not been able to get an erection for two plus years. They tried pills, potions, pumps, and porn, and none of it worked. Viagra, Cialis, Levitra have a high failure rate of 60 to 70%. Um, and so, you know, these guys would come in, they filled out medical paperwork, met with the doctor, the doctor gave them a test dose, and within 12 minutes, we got them an erection in the office. Um, so that's how I have checked so many erections in my life. So... Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so your, your clients, Jerry, by the way, of, of the different types of erections that exist out there, which we won't, we won't touch. I'm sure there's classifications for, you know, limpy and stiffy and all that stuff, but, oh yeah, um, yep. yeah, <clears throat> I can't imagine. I mean, knowing how many different types of shades there are of a tooth color, I can only imagine how many. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so no, you're it, looking it pretty interesting. <laughs> so you guys were looking for patients who basically would pay, stay, and refer, and they had money and a bleeding neck, as Perry Marshall would say. In other words, yep. these people had a, had a problem they wanted a solution for, and they had money to, to buy the solution. Mm -hmm. Got it. All right. So, docs, I want you to think about this. In your dental practice right now, you want to attract patients that pay, stay, and refer. And you love patients who come to you with that bleeding neck. In other words, they need your fix because it's almost, a, it's almost a guarantee they're going to buy. So I want you to kind of, I want you to think about this as we go through here, because Matt is going to dive into like, how did they move somebody from, you know, I shouldn't probably say the word move, but I could probably use other words that are worse, but how do they get somebody to go from uh, not even knowing that there's a solution for ED like this to mm -hmm. spending nine grand or more, a year, right, Matt? I mean, to Nine get- Nine was our top, top end product. Our average transaction value was like mm, 2,800. Okay, that's huge um, but Really, I mean, that's... really high profit margins, like massive. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. And by the way, I want everybody to understand, this was not a pill. This, this was an injection in the base of the penis. So we, mm -hmm. this was a customized dose. So we can customize the erection to last 45 minutes, 60 minutes, up to 90 minutes. That even after you orgasm, you're going to stay hard. So this is a big selling, unique selling proposition. Um, but it, the other key thing is that it, you know, convincing a guy that he's going to give himself in a needle, an injection in his penis to be able to, before he has sex, because we teach him how to self-administer it, uh, pretty big hurdle. But again, we built trust and that's part of the whole component. But 
I want everybody to kind of mm-hmm. understand the barriers that we had. It's not just, you know, these guys had a really low trust. They didn't think anything was going to work because, like I said, they've tried pills, potions, pumps, porn, nothing worked. Right. So this is not flossing and brushing. This is administering pain to a very sensitive area or potential pain to a very sensitive area. Oh, man. <laughs> now, there are no nerve endings in the shaft of the penis, just so you know. They're all in the head. But again, another topic for another another recorded. Topic. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's just the fear factor, right? It's, yep. yeah. It's yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun, but you know, so here's, here's the first thing I, I always, um, I, I want people to, like, this is like, so we would, I would bring in people. A lot of my patient counselors had very little sales experience and I could teach them how to sell. And one of the first big things when it comes to selling high-end things, and this is, this is not the only industry that I've sold high-end things in. I've, I've sold them in, gosh, probably 10 to 15 industries at least. Um, uh-huh. You know, we helped, I helped take Perry Marshall, our good friend Perry, uh, from uh-huh. like his highest price product was $4,500 when I started working with him. 18 months later, I had him at a quarter of a million. I mean, that was his highest end product, spread. and we actually he had a client that paid it. Um, so the first thing is, is that you, you got to be really, you know, you've got to, you have to be really clear about the outcome that you want, right? Like this is kind of some basic mind stuff. I'm not, I'm not going to dive too deep in this. You can stop me wherever you want me to dive in. But then the next thing is, is you've got to be really clear about <clears throat> who is your who. You got to be really clear about the avatar. And I'm, I'm going to paint a really good, clear example of this. So in our clinics, um, we did a lot of radio TV and you, you know, you can target radio TV. We did really well on, um, you know, it, th- this isn't really necessarily fair, but we used to call it angry white man radio, Rush Limbaugh, you know, Sean Hannity. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, you know, I know in today's society, that's going to get an email, but just, just listen to me, folks, okay? This was one. Hey, we're I'm talking about erections here. So if anybody yeah. emails you about saying angry white man, I mean, come on. I, yeah. I probably get more emails about that than I will about the erections, for God's sake. But, um, so, so, okay, so that's one of our avatars, right? They're 55 right. plus. They make $125,000 a year, et cetera, et cetera. We had other avatars of um, guys that like listen to classic rock, TV. You know, we'd get guys off of, um, Fox News and CNN. We'd get guys off of the Golf Channel, um, and we also got guys off of the Urban Station. Now, here's a really classic example, and I, you know, I said this in Doberman Dan's interview, and I, you know, again, I'm just using this as an example. We did really well in the African American market. Okay, 50% of our patient base that paid, that signed up for plans, was in the African American market. 50% mm-hmm. of our client base was in the call it white Caucasian market. Okay. But the difference was, was that we had a lot of waste on the urban station because the urban station had a a bigger, a bigger reach. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they, that, that category was like 35 to 65 and it had a much broader demographic from a income standpoint. So what we started to do is we started to really understand who our avatar was. And we had to be really clear about targeting the guy with the money. Everybody who has ED has a bleeding neck. Not everybody can pay for the solution. Does, right. does that make sense, Jerry? You know, oh, absolutely. Yep. You know, and, and I think everybody hears bleeding neck and they go, oh, yeah, they got a bleeding neck. But it doesn't matter if they don't have any money, right? I mean, right. you can't – we don't have you – know, we're not the government here. I can't, I can't treat you for free. So we had to get really clear about where we were 
marketing and advertising and that what, what mediums were bringing in our highest converting patients, which then sure. allowed us to start raising prices. I'll, I'll never forget this. We raised prices like three times in the span of six months, 20%, and we raised it in the morning. We didn't think about it. We didn't like, let's do a focus group. Let's see what... We just walked down and said, we're raising prices today. If it doesn't work, we'll yeah. go back down on, the end of, on Friday. So we had to get yeah. really clear about who, who, our, who our folks were first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Any questions on that? Or no, I mean, anytime you want, man. That, that'll be a challenge for dentists um, because, you know, a dental, a dental practice serves wide swaths of the population. So maybe what we ought to, where I want to frame this for the docs that are listening is I want you to be, not be thinking about profies, cleanings, a filling, uh, not even crowns. I want you to be thinking from here on out as Matt dives into this, I want you to be thinking more along the lines of selling uh, sleep apnea treatment. So storing sleep apnea, um, I want you to be thinking about ortho. I want you to be thinking about implants and even, you know, if you want to go so far as full mouth reconstructions. Um, mm -hmm. And I want you to, I really want you to pay attention to how it applies to those items in particular, because obviously insurance ain't touching any of that stuff. Uh, dental insurance is no good after about 1500 bucks in most cases. And even then it's really not a whole lot of good as we all know. So, um, so yeah, and one thing I want to go back and touch on real quick, Matt, huh, so many sexual references here. Um, we just can't step out of it. Um, no, we can't. Uh, you were talking about reach. You were talking about reach a while ago. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, even that's one. They all can be one. Um, but you mentioned the people that you brought in to sell. These were not mm -hmm. professional salespeople. These were no. just probably really nice, honest people who wanted to do they wanted a sales job and they wanted an opportunity to work in this type of environment, a health environment. Mm -hmm. um, so and again, I want to make sure our docs know that these are your dental assistants, docs. Uh, the, this is your treatment coordinator, perhaps um, your front office people. Uh, so these are not people that are, you know, they don't go to, uh, to Matt G's uh, selling school for, you know, 17 years and then graduate with a, with a degree. These are just regular people. So, yeah, so we, after you yeah, find we the who, yeah, so we weren't teaching our, our patient counselors neurolinguistic programming. We had no, uh, you know, Tommy Hopkins 47 trial closes that work even right. in a blizzard kind of thing. Um, right. Because here's, here's the thing, is we made the patient, the prospect, I should say, clear at least seven hurdles before they got to see the doctor. Okay? Now, mm -hmm. it, it, and I, I understand that, you know, they're talking to their existing client base, if you would, or patient base. But let's back up a second. You have a profile of the patient, I'm assuming, in the dental practice, who is going to buy the high-end product, the mouth reconstruction, right? If, you were to, if they were right. to go back through their client base and look at the people that bought the $2,500 procedures and up or $10,000 procedures and up, there is going to be mm -hmm. a common theme. They'll find and biases. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're going to find biases. <clears throat> and that's what we started doing to start driving our prices up is we started finding the biases and we would be able to target those folks in our advertising. But on the flip side of this, we also started to go into our existing list and we would see, Hey, this guy fits the profile. Um, he should also have product Y and product Z, not just product X. And so when that, patient would come back in and they, they would come back in because they have to pick up their medications or do additional training or things like that. We would actually say, hey, this guy's a perfect category, perfect candidate for testosterone pellets or a perfect candidate sure. for platelet-rich plasma um, procedure for his penis, the P-shot, which 
takes care of a bunch of other issues. And so we, ha we had markers and we knew that avatar of what was going to buy X, Y, and Z. So it made like anytime we launched a new product or service, we were already, we already had people identified on our list that we thought could make. And a lot of times we would make $50,000 with a launch just to our house list, right. and, you know, pre-sell a bunch of new procedures or whatever we were offering at the time, whatever the new thing was that we were going to be bringing in. So, right. you know, you, you've got to, you know, so, you know, when we, the other thing is I want to talk about is we had a number of things that we made the patient clear from a hurdle standpoint in order for them to sign up or to be able to buy from us. So I want you to think about this. In our situation, and I'll let you then like dissect it how it attaches to dentistry, but in our situation, a guy has, here's, here's what happens when a guy has ED. He's 50 plus years old. Most of our patients had been generally been with the same woman for about 15 years. Um, they weren't swingers. They weren't players. I mean, these, most of the 85% of our guys were in a committed relationship. And mm -hmm. they usually have ED because they have diabetes, high blood pressure, antidepressant medications, high cholesterol meds. So they haven't been able to perform for two years. And this is usually what happens when they can't perform. The wife goes, oh, that's okay, honey. We can try again this weekend. Or the other thing they say is, that's not how I feel connected to you. We don't have to do that in order for me to love you. But the guy really knows, what he really knows is she wants him to be able to have an erection and, give it, and have sex with her, okay? So this guy, here's our ads, here's our ads, here's our ads, and he finally says, screw it, I'm going to call these guys. And he calls and he hangs up 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 and he finally calls and he gets one of the folks on the phone, which most of my front desk people were women, and the women would take him through a script. We would close 70% of the people into, a, into an appointment. We'd then confirm that. We'd get 70% of them to show, and we'd have guys like walk out when they walk in. They were so nervous. But if we got that guy in the room, by the time we had gotten that guy in the room, he had gone through seven hurdles to get to us. And that's one of the key things I find to selling high-end stuff. You've got to set up some kind of hurdle multiple hurdles for people to get to you. Okay. Um, I liken it to, and this is going to be a little bit crass, but it, it really, frankly, uh, it really, to me, it, it paints the perfect picture. Think of the difference between a low end hooker and a high end call girl. Okay. Right. Low end hooker. You drive in the corner. How much for X $25? Right. Nope. My buddy and I want it for 20. They say, yes, you drive up around the corner. Right. Boom. Now this is all hearsay. I've just seen movies. Never done. Right. But, right. Me too. But, then the flip, but the flip side of that is the high-end call girl. Remember Sydney, what was her name? Biddles, Barrows? Sydney Barrows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, remember yeah. her at the... I know, I know Sydney quite well. <laughs> yeah, right? Remember that? Call, call, you know, she, she's not a call girl. She was, she was the connector. She was the yes, connector. Yes. Well, yeah. yeah, she was the connector. But her girls were high quality. Like it took a little bit. You had to prove yourself that you were worthy to do business with her girls. Okay? Absolutely. Yep. And that's, and she was charging, what, 10, 20 times, you know, $1,000 a night, $2,000 a night. If you're going to sell high-end stuff, you have to have that kind of mentality, right? You have to have this yep. mentality that you need to set up barriers for people to do business with you. And I know that sounds really, really weird, but it plays something on their psychological side of it. Um, yeah. I don't know, where you, I, what are your thoughts on this, Jerry? I don't want to just keep rambling the whole time. No, I mean, I'm, I'm just nodding and, and going along with it because you're exactly right. I mean, well, let's, let's take a couple more examples just to, to make the point. Um, one, of, one of the barriers that I put up is I only, I only take incoming calls on Wednesdays. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. Uh, it's the only time that I have contact with my members and, and that's something I've been doing for, I don't know, four or five years now. Um, but it doesn't matter what the need is. I can't reschedule uh, to a Thursday or a Friday. I mean, I'm packed into these days. That's just what I've got. Um, mm-hmm. it, another example is look at, you know, look at our mutual friend Kennedy. I mean, you, you ain't getting to Dan oh, yeah. unless you got a check, right? And that's one of his hurdles. And, and he expects you to have read every book he's ever written uh, yeah. on top of that. So, you know, um, now that's, that is, that's sort of the requirement for people that work on the upper end. They don't just accept every Tom, Dick and Harry, sorry, I couldn't resist that walks in the door. You know um, you're not going to get to them. You just can't. So that's like me. I mean, if you want to make an appointment with me in person, good luck. <laughs> yeah. You can make an appointment with me in person at a, at a seminar. <laughs> you know, that's where right. I see people. Um, but otherwise I've got work to do. So yeah, I mean, everybody's got, everybody should have barriers established to make it. So, I mean, look, nobody gets to the top of the mountain, uh, just walking up the mountain all by themselves. It takes Mm -hmm. a lot of different things to get you to the top of the hill. Um, so I think, you know, barriers are important, especially when you're talking about healthcare, um, advice givers, uh, providers, it shouldn't be, you know, free access, so to speak. Mm -hmm. There's gotta be something. Yeah. So, so that's, that's kind of like the first thing. And, and, you know, there's other components of this. Remember, people buy from you high-end stuff because they trust and they like you, okay? Mm-hmm. And trust, we know, in today's society comes from social media, right, how people are reviewing you. So you've got to be careful about that. But trust can be earned in other ways. And so then the next thing we want to do is, and I love Cialdini, his book, Influence, and I use those six forms of influence constantly, and that's what this next thing is, is – And so that everybody understands what they are, they are authority, commitment and consistency, social proof, liking, scarcity, and reciprocity, okay? So we made sure that in all of our patient experiences, we were driving that home. Now we, Mm -hmm. okay, so I, and I want to, I'm going to back up a second. I want to be really clear. We were in that practice to make money and we made money and we did very well, okay? But we weren't there. The purpose of the business was not to make money. The purpose of the business was to give men great erections, okay? Because we knew that if we gave them great erections on their test dose, they'd be a client with us for life, okay? Yep. So, you know, as I always say, if you want to make a lot of money, go sell heroin and porn, right, or crystal meth. Problem is, is it's got a high death rate, right? So – yeah. There's some you know, disadvantages. There's some disadvantages to selling that. So in our, in our deal, we had a – let's start with authority. We had this basic philosophy, and I always had to train my, patient, my new patient counselors on this, is they would go through their presentation, and they'd say, okay, you know, if you want to have sex three times a week, that's our platinum package. It's six grand, right? And they would go, well, the guy would be like, well, I just want to get a couple of shots to go home with. And my response to that was – if you need a quadruple bypass, do you go to the doctor and say, can we just do one and see how it works? You don't <laughs> negotiate with the doctor. The doctor right. tells you what is going to happen. And what do people do? They go, okay, yep. sure thing, God. Right? You got it. If that's what you said, if you need it, you're going to cut my three, think three of my fingers off. Okay. You know, and, and you have to have that when you're the authority, and we put all of our all of our staff were in scrubs. You know, we tested ties. I tested all this stuff. I always wore a tie. Yep. 
when I was there because I was the head honcho. I was the CEO. Um, right. But again, authority, nobody negotiates. We have this mentality. You're just, this, is, this is what it is. You want to have yeah. sex? Yes. You can see that we got you an erection? Yes. Here's what it's going to cost. There's no negotiating. Okay. Right. And then the second thing is, you know, the commitment and consistency, that's to clear the hurdle mentality. We had a number of things set up with scriptings and things like that, that they had to clear the hurdle. Um, you know, social proof, we had testimonials running in the, um, in the offices because they were in that room for about an hour and a half. Um, you know, we would constantly show and tell them why we were the best. Um, but here, and then this, the last couple of liking, this is where, you know, we first had our patient counselors, the guys in suits. We then transitioned where we put everybody in scrubs and they had the jackets, the blue jackets that had been put them in white jackets because they didn't want to be deceptive. Um, right. But we, you know, as we like to say, we're a real live medical facility because people always thought like, how come my regular doctor doesn't know about this? Right. Um, and then the, um, the scarcity, we, you know, as we always told them, you know, we never, we never did a procedure the next day, right? Like if a guy needed to do a platelet-rich plasma procedure, which was a, you know, your dentist should know about it, but it's a, you know, you spin the blood and then you get a platelet-rich plasma and special growth factors. We used it for yeah. erectile dysfunction, peyronies and things, venous leakage, things like that. We rarely ever booked them the next day. We always booked them two weeks out. Even if we had slots the next day, because we, and we had procedure days and we said, we only do procedures on Wednesday and we need to book your first appointment's going to be a minimum two weeks out or two to three weeks out because we have to do a bunch of pre-work. And then we pre-booked all of their future procedures because we wanted to create that scarcity. You have to get in. We've got to get you on the calendar. Right. I can't promise that we're, if you cancel that we're going to be able to get you right back in. Um, right. And then, you know, the last one is the reciprocity. I mean, hell, we gave them an erection. I mean, yeah. you know, they couldn't, they couldn't use it in the office, but you know, that was it really. So what we did is we really hit everything. And I really encourage you, your listeners, you know, what can you do to set these up? I mean, what, you, you know, the simplest things in the world go a long way towards building that trust. Um, yeah. And, it's, you know, especially if you're going to be using somebody other than yourself to close the, the uh, procedures. Um, yeah. What can you do? To you mentioned, you mentioned a couple of things. Um, ties. So, cause I know a lot of our docs were scrubs and, um, mm-hmm. You know, if I were a dentist, I'd probably wear a tie. Uh, if I needed to wear a lab coat or scrubs over it when I'm doing procedures, that's fine. But when I'm meeting patients and I'm doing an exam, <clears throat> you know, tie, lab, you know, whatever. Yep. What, what did you guys learn in your experiment? So my doctors always wore a tie. They always had a white lab coat. Um, mm-hmm. That white lab coat was always pressed, you know, starched, no pea soup stains on it. You know, they had a couple of them. So if one got dirty, we switched it out. Um, right. My med techs had scrubs. They had light blue scrubs on. My front desk people had light blue, blue scrubs on. If they, you know, they weren't allowed to wear like a sweatshirt over it or anything like that, you know, had to cover up any right. tattoos. Uh, right. You know, because my patient client base is 55 plus, so they think anybody with a tattoo is a dumbass, right? You know, that's, right. that's the reality of it. Um, yeah. And then my patient counselors, the guys, for the longest time, I had them wear ties with a blue jacket with their name on it. Um, everybody had like, uh, name tags with their pictures on it. Like you see at a major medical facility that made it look like it was a swiper. Um, right. really easy like to an make ID badge. Yep. Yep. like an ID badge. Um, and then we did, I did put our patient counselors eventually in scrubs and that did seem to help a little bit. Um, you know, I'd probably do a coin, a 
coin toss on that one. Uh, but right. they, it, it, that way I didn't have to worry about them, what they were wearing. But again, I had to coach my guys. Um, you know, I'm like, look, I don't want to see any red shirts. I don't want to see any black shirts. Like you've got to match. Think about who you're selling to. They wear white shirts, you know, blue shirts. They're not, you know, yeah. I don't, don't go to, you're not going to TJ Maxx and buying the pre-done kit with the red shirt, like in the silver tie that you're going to wear when you go out with your lady. That's not how this is going to work. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, amazing what you have to, what you have to script. You can't leave it to yeah. chance though. I mean, when you're looking at it, yeah, nothing. Um, so when you, let's you know, you get the guy in the room and he's made these seven hurdles, right? And he's there, he's, he's finally showed up, he's in the room. Um, take us through the process. Uh, what happens? I mean, what, what does a guy experience from the, from the sales standpoint of it? Um, and as you go through this, I want our listeners to be thinking about, okay, what happens when I do a consultation for an implant or a series of implants, or I do a consultation for, um, you know, for sleep apnea and snoring? what, you know, what do I say or do, or, you know, what is the process that you guys use to, to get such incredible buy-in on a procedure that was up to nine grand? I mean, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a big chunk of dough. So what we did was, um, you know, the scripting, I could be, I could be in Barcelona, Spain on vacation, looking at our KPIs in which I looked at them every single day. My managers were responsible for inputting them every single day. And I could tell you whether or not they were following the scripts. It was that uh -huh. simple. Everything we did was scripted. That's the first thing. I left nothing to chance because if you leave something to chance, you're gonna, your business is going to be based on chance. I don't like my business being based on chance. I want to eliminate as many things as I possibly can. So everything is scripted. So the, the, the first call that comes in, it's scripted, and they're recorded, and I listen to them, right? And then the confirmation calls are scripted. Um, the when they come into the room, when they, when they check in, it's scripted. So when they come in, we take their ID like we normally do, put it into our EMR, we print out the paperwork. And what we did is we had them fill out the paperwork in the room, not in the lobby because they didn't, they wanted privacy. Guys don't want to, you know, Jerry, if, if you and I are both suffering from ED, we don't want to run into each other. Like guys don't sit around the fireplace right. and go, Hey, Jerry, let me tell you about my ED. I haven't been able to have sex with my wife in, you know, three years, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, they don't talk about it like that. Women do right. that. Guys don't. Um, so then what we did is they came in, they filled out the paperwork, everything was timed, we had flags, all this stuff. But then the med tech would come in and the med tech had a script to follow. Okay, hello, okay. Mr. Jones, go through the paperwork. All right, do you have any questions? Doctor is going to be in. So then the doctor would come in, the doctor had a script. And the doctor would go through right. the medical history and the doctor would say, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a test dose. He wouldn't explain that he's going to inject it at the base of the penis because guys would go, ah! Um, but, you know, then he would come back in and he would create a custom dose and he would explain to them, okay, I need you to lay down. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do this injection. And we actually would eventually start to tell them about the five different options that they had to fix their ED. And there, mm -hmm. I won't go into it, but basically, you know, one of them is surgery. You know, one of them is, you know, the pills that they've been using. One of them is a pump, which never works, that this is the second line of protocol. So we would right. inject them. Uh, we'd have them stand up, walk, pull their pants up, walk around for 12 minutes. And when they came back in and they had an erection, if you were a male patient counselor and that was your up, your patient, you had to go in and check the erection. Now, the reason why I had my male patient counselors check the erection is I want you to think about this, Jerry. I come in and I say to you, okay, Mr. Jones, stand up. I need you to drop your pants. You put a glove on. You do a visual. You do a squeeze of the base. You push back up against the head of the penis with the back of your hand. It doesn't give. 
you get the guy a high five, congratulations, you have a 75% erection. That's you're successful. Congratulations, man. Way to go. You got an erection, baby. Right. You know, celebration. Really yep. Yep. Oh, celebration, you know? And yep. if if I'm now going to be talking to you about the type of treatment plan you're gonna be into, and I just checked your pecker, think about the power that I now have over that room. I'm all ears, man. Right? I mean, do you all can ears, you right? like you see how I've just now my female patient counselors, we didn't let them check. So I'd have a male med tech go in and check. But right. it was the same thing. I mean, they would come in and they would give the guy a high five and congratulate them. And then what we would do is we would ask a series of questions about what brought them in. So we did very little selling. My whole, my whole philosophy of selling is to ask questions. I yep. rarely go into like this long protracted pitch. A little so spin selling. Exactly. So tell me, Jerry, Mr. Jones, what brought you in today? Well, I haven't been able to perform. What, tell me about the specific situation that happened that caused you to finally pick up the phone and call. Because I know you've been hearing our ads for probably six months and you probably thought about it for a while because everybody said they've been listening for six months and he would go, well, you know, I finally just couldn't perform. Tell me about that night. And they would start to tell you in excruciating detail about that night. And at that point, you knew it was just a question of whether or not if they had the money. Okay. Yep. So then yep. we would go into this whole process of, okay, so how many times a week do you want to have sex? Well, I want to have sex two times a week. Okay. How long do you want your erections to last? 45 minutes is the minimum. Great thing about it is that you're, after you orgasm, you're going to be able to stay hard. So, you know, as women age, it's harder for them to reach orgasm. It can take a woman who is postmenopausal up to 40 minutes to reach orgasm sometimes. Or if you have a multi-orgasmic mate, uh, woman that you're dating or seeing, uh, you know, you want to be able to make sure that in, she has multiple orgasms, right? And they go, well, you know, 45 minutes, 60 minutes. Okay, great. So based on how many times a week you want to have sex in this, the doctor's recommending, notice that phrase, the doctor recommends yep. you for this plan, this protocol. And what we did is we right. sold memberships. So every, they, would join, they would join the clinic for a year, and then they would get up to so many doses a year. We would train sure. them. We would take care of the objection of training them before they, before we showed them prices, we would show them how to do the injection on themselves. I'd make them demonstrate how to do the injection on themselves. Uh, we had a little prosthetic penis that they would do the, you know, show them where to do the injection. Um, right. And one of our great lines was if we knew, by the way, Jerry, we knew that if we missed this line, sales would drop. And here's the line. So they'd go through the, the priest would go through, I'd show you how to use the injector. Then you would do it. And after it was done, I'd look at you and go, so Jerry, you think you can do that for a great night of sex? <laughs> and I'd always That's wait for the guy to say, yeah, I think I can. You think you can or you know you can? I know I can. Great. And then we'd go into the plan. If the guy said, no, I don't right. think I can do that, you'd have to stop because that was, a major, you know, like if they, that was the biggest objection, right? Right. So you know, I'm sure there's a you – know, even though he got the shot, it didn't hurt. We knew that if he couldn't mentally get past that point in his head that he was going to have to give himself an injection to have sex, then we had to, you know, we had to maybe look at doing some different treatments and things like that. So, um, right. and then, right. you know, we would close them and we would take payment right there. We had no, you know, no internal payment plans. We had a financing company if they wanted to, but they paid for the full year up front. And um, so, I mean, that was, that was our basic, and that whole process they'd be there for about an hour and a half because they had to be fully down before they left so sure. we couldn't we let, didn't let guys leave with erections yeah you don't want them walking out with their flag uh, no. Up. uh no. yeah 
that's, yeah. that's kind of a giveaway of what you guys do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this, the, this um, I want to go back and, and maybe spend a little bit of time on the, the questions that you asked mm-hmm. them. Uh, sure. And the and 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 the why behind them, and as as you go through these, I want our docs to be thinking about okay, depending on what kind of procedure I want to uh, really blow up in my practice, the ones that the, the procedures I really want to do more of, um, I, I want you to pay attention to Matt's um, thought process reasoning um, behind the questions because the questions to me are that's kind of where the magic begins, right? I mean, yeah, you've got a erection, but unless you get them to a certain state you can't get them to the next step, right? The sale stops. So what kind of, I mean, uh, these questions, like how did you, how did you formulate them? What was the reason behind them? What, what are you trying to get them to real self-realize, I guess? Well, you know, Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. The simplest way to get people to like you is to get them to talk about themselves. Yes. I mean, that's, it's, you know, you, you know, when I, well, Jerry, you know, yeah, I write a ton of copy and, you know, you and I both know the, you know, one of my first times I ever wrote copy, uh, one of my mentors wasn't Dan, it was somebody else. I sent him the piece and he sent it back in. He goes, this bleeping sucks. And I go, well, why does it suck? He goes, look at the page. And he circled in red, the letter I every single time mm-hmm. and he circled in green, yeah. me or you, or I'm sorry, you. Right. And it right. was like, he said, that has to be like seven to one green to red. He goes, you're like seven to one red to green. Okay. Yeah. And what that taught me is that everybody wants to talk about themselves. My patient counselors that wanted to talk about the medicine and the science behind it and what this medication does and blah, blah. They don't, I got news for you guys. And you like ladies, ladies and gentlemen, they don't care. They don't care about, they, they don't care that you just went to a class and you know all the scientific phrases of this procedure and how this chemicals, they don't care. All they want right. is they want, in my case, they want an erection. Actually, you only right. want an erection. They want to give their wife an orgasm. Right. Think about that. So we were in the, you know, we were in the orgasm business, right? And so our job is to make sure that she has a great orgasm. So in order for her to do that, he's got to have an erection hard enough to be able to penetrate. So we would always talk about the pain. I would ask a lot of questions about the pain of what it's like for him. And when you have a patient in a closed door and you have a tie on and you're viewed as the authority or you're, you're dressed in medical wear, everybody knows this. They will tell you anything. They'll tell you, once you gain that trust, they'll tell you anything. So my psychology behind that is I wanted that patient talking 75% of the time. I want them to intimately tell me how painful it is for them to not be able to have sex. And for a guy, if the guys listening to this will nod their head and the women listen to this will go, I can't believe that. But a guy gets his sense of worth two ways, the money he makes and the sex he has. Now I can't fix number one, but I can fix number two. And if it's, if he's not interested in either one of those, he probably wants a sandwich. Okay. Or there's, a or there's a good ball game on. Okay. So when you understand that guys have their sense of, see, ladies don't get this. And once I got my female patient counselors to understand this, I'm like, y'all think this is funny. We, we will rearrange our schedule if we know we can get laid. Right, Jerry? Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if your wife called you up and said, Hey, I know it's Wednesday. I know you're packed with doctors today. 
but we're going to go get a hotel room and we're going to have wild, you know, animal sex. You'd be like to the assistant, clear the schedule. Right. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> so. Absolutely. I mean, there's not even a question. I mean, because you, I mean, you nailed it on the head and anybody that doesn't believe that. Um, yeah. I don't know what world they're living in, but yeah, I mean, that's just how, that's how the majority of men are wired. And it isn't anything, it's not like we, you know, your, your dad or your mom like raised you that way. That's hard wiring. You can't fight it. Yeah. It's called mother nature. I mean, you know, yeah. you just can't fight it. Hardwired. Yeah. So yeah, yeah every man's like that. Yeah. Just like yeah, every sure. woman likes to, most women like to talk about problems. Like you mentioned earlier where, you know, women will talk about these things. Men won't. Women like to talk stuff through uh, with their, you know, with their mates, if you will, uh, their girlfriends. Um, men are kind of like, eh, let's, you know, that's quite a hit on that baseball. Wow, look at that. How far yeah. did you drive that golf ball? That's our, you know, that's our whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's differences that you got to play to it. So, so, Docs, I mean, you're listening to this and you're hearing, you're hearing Matt go through this process. Um, you know, when, when, a, when a patient is in your chair, you're not selling them on the tech. You're not selling them on the fact that they can have a crown in an hour. You're selling them on what is that brand new freaking smile going to do for you? You know, if, and, and by getting into these questions about, well, why do you want a new smile? Uh, well, because ever since I was a little kid, you know, enter and here goes the story. Well, what, what happened during your childhood, you know, and then get into that story. Well, how did that story, how did that make you feel? Um, oh, it was horrible. I mean, by this time, right, Matt, they're just like salivating and eating out of your hand and they will buy if they've got the money, the bleeding is all over the place now. Now yep. it's just a question of you got the cash. So yep. yeah, I mean, I, I love that. I mean, the, the, getting into those questions, that is the, that is the base um, of every successful selling engagement. Mm-hmm. Anytime I've ever sold anything, trust has to be there. And then in those questions, well, why do you want more new patients, doctor? Well, because of X, Y, and Z. Well, why do you want X, Y, and Z? Well, because it, you know, if I have X, Y, and Z, and then I get to spend more time with my wife. Well, tell me about the time you want to spend with your wife. What do you guys want to do? I mean, what would you do if you had all the time in the world you want? You know, I mean, it's just getting at the end of their really what they want. It isn't new patients. That's not what they want. They see that no. as a means to get where they want to go, right? So like you said, exactly. the erection isn't what they want. If they, could, if they could give their mate an orgasm without the erection, they'd probably be okay with it but they know that they need this to get there. So here's, this is another thing that I would, and this was in our training, by the way, and I think this, this is important for people to understand in their dental practices. Okay, so we know that, I, so when you, in, I literally have video of training this, and I, if this was one of the big hurdles, if I got my female patient counselors to get past this, they, were, they would kill it. And I said, you know, in a guy's 20s and 30s, when he has sex, all he cares about is him himself getting off. He really doesn't care about her enjoying himself. Okay. In our fifties and I'm 50 now, Jerry, I think you're close to my, are you my age or are you younger than me? I'm, I am 46 and I'm two months. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm I mean, 46 it. years, two months old. Yeah. Okay. So I'm keeping a journal and I'll sell it to you about how to handle 50. Anyway, the, so give <laughs> me an info product. Um, but here's the difference at 50. What we care about is her enjoying herself, okay? And, and if, you're, if you're in your late 40s and you're 50 or you're even 60s, medically guys don't orgasm as much, okay? Um, 
And what they really care about is they care about satisfying their partner. And once I, I figured that out about six months in, and once I figured that out, we changed the script. And I, we, what we started talking about is what would it mean to you to be able to satisfy your partner? And what came out was guys for sex, after they can get an erection, it's about conquest. It's about feeling like they are in control of somebody else enjoying themselves. Yeah. And when I realized this, it, Jerry, it changes the way I think about converting patients or converting clients now in my marketing business into mm -hmm. services with me. Because once you really understand that core primal instinct of what is going on, it, it's almost unfair. Yeah. And I don't mean, I don't mean this yeah. in a mean, like, I'm, I hope this isn't coming across scuzzy. Like, understand my values are, is I, want, I want people to have great marriages, great relationships. I want her to have a great orgasm, okay? And, but once I really understand what that primal need is, at the core that's driving that guy sitting in front of me, or if I'm selling to women in another industry, which we, you know, now I'm doing some work in like the female hormone replacement therapy industry, you know, uh -huh. there's a primal instinct for each sex that's at the base thing. And once you really figure that out, you trigger that and it's, it's game over. They're going to, they'll spend anything. They'll spend anything right. to tap into their primal nature. Right. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So um, to kind of put this whole process into perspective, um, it, it isn't just about the questions we ask. It isn't just about a pre-screening. It isn't just about building trust. It isn't just about having a facility that smacks of um, uh, of a you know high-class medical facility, not a not a you know gross clinic where you know. Um, it isn't about great lead generation to make the phone ring and generate new patient appointments. Um, it isn't. It isn't about the money. Uh, it's about it, it, this. Instead, it's all of it, right? Because you can't. Uh, and, and you've kind of taken us through the very beginning, you know, what happens on the front end, you've got these, you know, you're running lead generation ads on the, you know, angry white man station. <laughs> I love that. Um, man, you've got, I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Damn it. Um, and then you've got a great, uh, well-trained individual answering the phones and I'm assuming mm -hmm. those phones get answered all the time, which that's a problem in a lot of dental offices. Uh, they, they make that connection they build rapport with that caller right away because they understand the difficult, the difficulty in getting that person just to even call. I mean, there's a, so many similarities between dentistry here because I mean, it is like, you know, people going to the dentist, I mean, they're digging their nails into the wood and I mean, they don't want to go. Um, the only way I'm getting my wife to a dental office is if she's got the bleeding neck, mm -hmm. right? That's the only way she's going to go. She does not want to go. She'll go for her cleanings, but it's reluctant. But if it's anything else, it's like, you know, unless I'm bleeding, I don't want to go. So you've got, you've got that part of the process. You've got the intake process. And, and for, you know, this business, you're showing results before you even talk about the sale. Um, I think in a dental practice, um, there are a lot of things that can replace that. But, you know, cosmetic imaging is amazing. So if I'm selling full mouth rehabs, uh, you know, it's showing what that looks like. If I'm, if I'm selling sleep, sleep devices, um, I'm probably not going to be able to show the results other than I would be asking questions. I would probably be asking questions about, you know, um, how their life would change if insert all of the benefits, you know, how would your life change if you never fell asleep at the wheel again? 
Um, because you've told me you've done that twice now. How would your life change if, you know, you, you had the energy and stamina to have sex again? I mean, see, this all kind of comes into the, the dental world. Um, so all these similarities and then, you know, you go into this, you go into the, uh, the selling, really building the relationship and getting and diving deep into those problems that they're telling you about helping the blood gush everywhere all over the table. Yep. Um, yep. And then you've got this authority positioning, which most doctors and most dentists really, I think they struggle with this and they shouldn't struggle with it. Um, and I think one of the reasons why is the idea that dentistry is all elective. Dentistry is not required to live. We don't need dentistry to, to live, right? It's a 100% elective service. Now, are the benefits life-giving? Oh, absolutely. I'm not arguing that. But nobody needs to go to the dentist to live, right? That's, that would be a very rare thing. No one needs to go to the ED doc to live either. So we're really dealing with 100% elective services. Like yep. they got to want it. So, you know, coming around full circle, like what would you say has been, has been the biggest thing that you've helped your, because your med techs are doing the selling, they're doing the clothes, right? Right there in the room. What yeah. is the biggest thing that's helped them like get over this idea of that? Okay. We've diagnosed the problem. Um, now I'm kind of like walking it back and, and then I'm just going to be like, eh, you know, you probably will be fine without it. How do we get, how do we, how do we enable our dentists that are listening to this to feel confident and strong and, and position themselves such that Mary, you need a root canal. End of the statement, Mary, right. you need a root canal, right? Um, and Mary's gonna go, well, what are my other options? Mary, you need a root canal. Root canal. Um, yeah, your that's your option for the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah um, you know, and that tooth will eventually fall out and you're gonna look homeless. Right. So yeah, what so would you advise your, your med techs in this case? All right. So there's a couple of things we did is one, I was, I was always very open with my staff about what it cost for me to run the, the company. Okay. Love so I actually love. educated my staff on every time that phone rings. So we would spend $60,000 up to $60,000 a month in advertising. And when okay. they heard that, like they're, they, they gave the Warner brothers, you know, cartoon, big eyeballs kind of thing. <laughs> um, and I explained to them, I said, every time that phone rings, it costs me $175. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like hammer home the point about me. Cause they all thought that I was way more wealthy than I was. Um, and I explained to them, you know, it costs us $700 to get a patient to come in. Yeah. So if that patient walks out and doesn't enter into a plan and only pays a $199 office visit, I've, we've, we as a team have lost X amount. And what this means is here, and I would explain to them the cost of running the company. I explained how much payroll was. I explained, I explained all of that. And I educated them constantly on that. So one, they had that, those numbers run in their head. Then the second thing I did was I usually had to do a little bit of detox with them and clear up some of their own head trash about what they thought was fair to be charged. And as I explained to them, I said, look, if you're 45, there's a pretty good chance half of your credit cards are maxed out. Okay. These guys are coming in. They're 55. The kids are through college or they're in college. These guys have Amex. They have 20. I mean, half of these guys, you know, have, you know, half of their home paid off, if not the whole thing, you know, it was like 15 to 20% of our patients had their home paid off. And so I explained to them, I said, you can't edit for them how much they can afford. Okay. I said, could your dad, could, if they were younger, could your father afford this? Yes. I rest my case. Then state the price and shut the hell up. Okay. Yeah. So we had to break down that head trash. And then, yep. um, 
you know, the other thing was, um, you know, I took kind of an altruistic approach. I'm like, look, who, let me ask you something. And I had gay people work for me. I had lesbians work for me. And I said, who here, I asked this one time at one of our employee meetings. And I said, who in here gets excited about a great erection? And even the lesbians raised their hand. Right? <laughs> okay. Only you, Matt. Only you. <laughs> Only you would have that. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I had to laugh. I mean. I, what I learned in that, Jerry, was that, you know what? This is important, right? So let me, I'll take a stab at how I would handle this from a dental standpoint. You got to explain to them how much it costs for them to bring a patient and what a patient is worth so that they understand the metrics of it. There's got to be a little bit of a mission, I think, with this, Jerry. Like, there's got to be a little bit of a, here's our vision, here's our mission. We want to solve this problem. You know, we want, we want couples having orgasms. I want people, you know, in the dental, you know, let's, how much more confidence are they going to have through mouth reconstructive surgery? How much more confidence? Huge, are you, right? Huge, like, right? I, yeah. I, I, you know, I wrote this down. I'll just say this: if if I had to get a crown, all I want to know is I don't want to be in pain and I don't want to have to come back. I'll pay what I have to if I know that you can do this without pain and you can show me that you've done it without pain. At that point, I'm going to trust you. I'm in, right? Right. And I really don't care about the price because I don't want to have to shop around and I've got a bleeding neck. I've got to get this pain taken care of. You know, right. that would be to me or a root canal, right? I mean, you know, that would be to me, those are kind of the things that kind of jump out for me is how they relate. I mean, so, you know, this, I mean, those are kind of the big things for me is that what we had to do is so hopefully that, yeah. that helps. It does. You made a, you made a real brilliant statement though. And that is it's, it's very common and it's so it's almost and it happens without the dentist knowing it's very common happens all the time it's probably happening in every dental office in america where the dental office employees impart their own personal beliefs values and opinions upon the patient that is totally wrong it's got to be stopped it's got to be stopped in its tracks because we are not our patients, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't know what's going on in their lives, nor should we. We're here to provide a service, a solution to a problem that they have. That's why they showed up with a bleeding neck and hopefully a, a fistful of dollars. So do not judge ever, right? I mean, we, we, talk in, we even talk in some of our advertising about a judgment-free zone. We'll never judge you. It doesn't, we don't care if you've been to the dentist once in your life and you're 70 years old. We're not going to judge you. Just get in here now so we can help you. So, you know, when you have that, when you have team members that impart their thoughts, um, that, that kind of crap has to just be arrested uh, immediately. So I think that's a really important point that you made and it happens constantly. And you know what, dentists do the same thing. I caught myself doing it recently with, uh, with some prospects of my own. And I'm thinking to myself, why am I judging? Let them judge, you yep. know? I mean, that's not my place. So we got to all be careful about that. I think it's great advice. Yeah, same way. Um, this has been a, a real fun um, time with you and hilarious, good laughs. Um, if I could spend my day, you know, an hour of my day having a good time and laughing, it's been a good day. Um, and it, of course, the subject material is just, you know, it's, it's perfect for that. Um, if, if I have docs who would like to get a hold of you and learn a little bit more about what you do, how you operate, and, and if you might be of service to them, um, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Sure. They can go um, online. Our company is S. SRP, think of it as steady, reliable, predictable, srpmedicalmarketing.com. 
and I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook. LinkedIn is probably the best. Um, and you spell my last name, G-I-L-L-O-G-L-Y. So, um, and then they can, you know, if they want to call 704-626-1298. But, you awesome. know, website's the best, as you know. They can, yeah. you know, if they want to, and I'm happy to, you know, I've got uh, examples of radio commercials on there, outlines of successful radio commercials, TV spots, newspaper ads. I will say this, Jerry, um, you know, I have a big old ass uh, swipe pile upstairs of Jerry Jones. I mean, um, I've got a couple <laughs> of binders full of your stuff. Your stuff is awesome. And oh, I've been you. following your stuff for years. And I think what you do is great. Um, I just, you know, I just love your stuff. And, you know, folks, if you're not using Jerry's stuff, you're insane. Because uh, I'll quite well, frankly, you. Jerry, I, I swipe some of your stuff and use it in the ED clinic space. So there you go. I actually have an ED ad I'll share with you. Um, I wrote it for uh, a, a, a client who was a very client for a very short period of time, but a, a real nice guy. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Um, I'd yep. be happy to send you a freestanding insert on erectile dysfunction. Love to see it, man. <laughs> I, Love to see it. That's my claim to fame. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure. Um, don't be a stranger. Stay in touch. And um, for the rest of you folks, thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Hey, Jerry Jones here. Thank you for joining me on this edition of the Jerry Jones Radio Show. You've reached the end of this segment. You can always listen in to the next show by visiting jerryjonesdirect.com forward slash podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or find the show at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Jerry Jones. For more information about Jerry Jones Direct, go to jerryjonesdirect.com or give us a call, 503-339-6000. Our member ambassadors are standing by to assist you. And once again, thank you for listening to The Jerry Jones Radio Show.